0: That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain.
1: The getting welcome to Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, and welcome to today's podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host as always, and welcome to today's podcast. So on today's podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about environmental airspace, and most notably, we're going to talk about MC cable, uh, really, in environmental airspace, because I get this question an awful lot, and I've done it before on other podcasts and different things explaining a few things about this. but I get people that will contact me and say do I have to have plenum rated MC to go above a suspended ceiling or drop ceiling in and, and the short answer to that is absolutely not. Um, whether or not the ceiling is being used as a plenum space or you know but uh, there's there's a couple things that, that we'll discuss today. That'll kind of clarify that because there's a lot of rumors and myths going around about when you can and when you can't use certain products in certain locations. So I figured today would be a good show to um, to talk about those myths. And so if you've got your code book, uh, we're still in the 2017 code. That's what we're teaching out of, and you're going to go to 300.22. Okay, and we'll give a brief look at 300.21, but we're going to be in 300.22. So hopefully if you got your code book and you're working in spaces above suspended ceilings and things like that and you've got people tell you that it's got to be plenum rated or or something like that. And we'll probably touch on the difference between something being riser rated versus just some product that might say for use in a riser application. And they're two distinctly different things, but I think people get confused on it out there. And so uh, we'll try to make an effort to clarify that and kind of Help people understand what we're, what you're talking about, that so you get a better understanding. Uh, there's also a great video that's out there, uh, that's put out by Dustin Seltzer on uh, Electrician U, uh, that you can go watch. Uh, again, uh, it's a it's a great uh, video that um, uh, talks about MC cable. Uh, it's a thirty thousand foot view. Obviously, it doesn't get down too deep into the weeds, but it's a great uh, a great video that I encourage you all to go see and look at it over on the electrician u there but uh so we're going to talk really about um environmental air spaces difference between that and ducts specifically fabricated for environmental air and of course we're talking about the different ducts that are for dust loose stock and and vapor removal uh like something you might see in a a a wood processing facility or maybe something that's a wood making shop or something like that uh, or some location where they're going to have the ducted system in order to remove uh, dust or whatnot, depending. You know, maybe it's a lumber uh, house or something. Anyway, so they're all different, and so we kind of want to talk about the different uses again. Now, we're, our focus is to kind of tie this into MC because that's typically what, and that's metal-clad cable, incidentally. And if you're following under the UL, it's UL 1569. So. Uh, there is a use for it, and I want to talk about your application. And of course, there was a change in the 2017 that we probably should uh, you know, mention, because there's some people that aren't aware of it, uh, because you have three different types of MC cable. Okay, You have smooth, you have corrugated, and you have what's called interlocked. Now, interlocked is probably the number one selling metal clad cable in the industry, whether it's steel or aluminum armor. Um, it's just the easiest to produce. You don't have to do a corrugation and welding. You don't have to extrude uh, as a continuous uh, piece like you would with, with a smooth. Um, it's interlocked, comes from strips of metal, whether it's aluminum or steel, that gets formed through a machine with a forming die that creates an interlock component. And it's how it's made. And it can be utilized. So when you see MC Article 330, uh, realize that there are different types of MC, Right. Okay, so that's where we're gonna we're gonna start this little journey. Okay, that's that's where we're gonna be for today. All right, no good conversation about today's topic would be complete without a discussion of 300.21, which is spread of fire or products of combustion. Now, 300.21 gets cited an awful lot. This has to do with any time you might penetrate through a fire resistant or fire rated wall, any partition, floors, or any ceiling, you have to maintain the rating. Okay, that fire-resistant rating. Usually we refer to that as UL Orange Book or something like that. But uh, there's a fire rating detail, that, whether it's from Hilti, whether it's from from, um, uh, some other 3M or whatever, that gets into this fire-resistance rating guide. And basically, uh, it means that it was tested to maintain the rating of whatever assembly that's being penetrated. Okay, so that you don't have to spread. Another thing to remember is you have vertical shafts and hollow spaces and ventilation or air handling ducts and so on that could spread the products of combustion or the spread of a fire. So you have to be very keen on the products that you use in these environments. For example, if you're running something that's up a shaft and it's going from multiple floors and it's rising up from, let's say, the first floor or basement to the 20th floor, and you have this shaft, it's a vertical shaft, then many times you have to have a product evaluated not just to its its own unique standard for the product, like say MC Cable UL1569. Uh, but you also might have to evaluate it for something like UL1666, which has to do with riser applications uh, in shafts. And so that's another test that has to be done if you want to get something that's deemed riser rated. Okay, so that's real important. Now, we run MC Cable up many times vertically in applications where the actual shaft itself is already rated, it already has a two hour rating or whatever the rating is required for that shaft, and so what you put in it is not going to spread anything other than what's within that shaft, so you have to look at the different ratings, okay? Uh, so you have to understand you might be running something in a shaft that is already rated for a certain application. Many times, like an elevator shaft that is already rated, although I'm not condoning you running any wires in there, that would be, you'd have a problem back in 620. But I'm just saying, in the concept of something that is already rated, um, you have to be careful that you're not spreading the products of combustion. So if you have any openings on any type of rated wall, let's say you're going from a corridor to an individual unit, and let's say in a hotel motel, you might have the individual units that have a rating, but then there's a rating on the corridor. And so if I'm going to penetrate coming from the corridor, say I'm running in and maybe a feeder that's going into a specific room, then I uh, would have your apartments or whatever. I have to remember that once I penetrate that barrier, that that hourly rated barrier, that I'm gonna to have to maintain that rating. So I just know that I've got to do something else, right? I've got to have some kind of detail for that penetration, all right? So with that said, it's important to understand 300.21 because that kind of tells you about vertical spaces, hollow spaces, ventilation, and all that stuff. Now, with all that said, we're talking where the electrical installation in those type of spaces, okay? where they could possibly spread a fire or the product's combustion will not be substantially increased. So you have products now that you have to use in certain applications in order to not have these products. Okay, And then that same code section, uh, 21 of, of uh, Article 300... Um, let's us know that also any openings or penetrations have to be maintained, whatever the rating is of that assembly. Okay, so just wanted to throw that one out there, get it out there as clear as mud. So now that we can work on other applications, all right. So that moves us down to 300.22. So let's talk about wiring in ducts, and we'll talk about wiring in ducts not used for air handling. Okay, so they're they're not being used for the air handling. They might be for sensing or something else. But it says wiring in ducts not used for air handling, fabricated ducts for environmental air, and other spaces for environmental air. And then, of course, it has the term plenum, okay, that's in parentheses, all right? So it is treated like a plenum. The term plenum is given to us in NFPA 90A, which is the standard for the installation of air conditioning and ventilation systems. So that comes the term plenum, and the term, the phrase, other spaces used for environmental air plenum is used in other sections. It correlates with the term plenum that's used in that other NFPA document. So you'll see the term plenum in print, It's very much acting like a plenum, okay? Even though it might be an environmental airspace above a suspended or drop ceiling, for example, it is, depending on how it's constructed, and I'll talk about that when we get there, whether or not it is actually a plenum, it is actually an environmental airspace, or if it's just a ceiling that's just like anywhere else in the building and you don't have to take any special precautions for the wiring. You've got to know the differences. So that's what we're going to kind of talk about today. We're going to kind of go through each one of these and lay them out. So if you're following along in this podcast, we're in 300.22, and we're going to go through A, we're going to go through B, we're going to go through C, and we're going to talk about D, and that's it, okay? So 300.22 is our mission for the day. All right, the very first thing we want to look at is we always want to start out by reading what we're talking about, 300.22. What, what are we getting into with this section? Um, okay, so 300.22 says wiring in ducts, again, not used for air handling, fabricating, uh, fabricated ducts for environmental air, and other spaces for environmental air. And it puts, you know, plenums in there. It says the provisions of this section shall apply to the installation and use of electrical wiring and equipment. Okay, again, not the what's wiring, it's for the air handling purpose. For other equipment, okay, the wiring for the other equipment. You with me? In ducts used for dust, loose stock, or vapor removal. Ducts specifically fabricated for environmental air. And other spaces used for environmental air, and of course got your little plumes. Okay, so we're gonna go through each one. So let's look at A, the very first one. It says ducts for dust, loose stock, or vapor removal. So these ducts are serving a purpose. Either they're designed with vents or system that removes dust or some kind of loose stock from some kind of manufacturing process, or it might be for a vapor removal for some some located space or whatever. Okay, so here's what it says. No wiring system of any type shall be installed in ducts used to transport dust, loose stock, or flammable vapors. Okay? You can't put anything in there. It says, no wiring system of any type shall be installed in any duct or shaft containing such ducts used for vapor removal or for ventilation of commercial type cooking equipment. Okay? so we have strong language here that's saying any of those type of ducts or those type of applications that are designed to transport dust loose stock or flammable vapors uh, also any vapors removal or ventilation for commercial type cooking equipment none of that wiring methods can go within those duct systems okay period right so that one's pretty easy okay so if i have the dust removal let's say i'm doing a I don't know, maybe I'm working in a woodworking shop or whatever, and I have a ducted system and whatnot, and I just can't put any wiring in there, okay, at all, for any reason. That's what A is saying. If it's for any of these reasons, you can't put it in there. That should be that one's pretty self-explanatory, right? So, well, let's move on to B, and I'll explain the difference between a duct that's specifically fabricated for environmental air and, of course, what the other spaces used for environmental air are. And... As an electrician, you really do need to know the difference, Uh, so um, we'll talk about it. All right, the next one's pretty straightforward, too, if you stop and think about it. It says, now, these are ducts specifically fabricated for environmental air, so let me give you an example of how this would be. So I've got ducts. Let's say I have an air handler unit that's above a, a, a suspended ceiling, and we'll use that as our concept. It's above a suspended ceiling, and again, suspended ceiling is like drop tile ceiling. You look up. In a commercial space, you look up, you see it, there you go. So they, a lot of times they'll put these air handlers up there. Now, if you have a return and a supply vent in that room, let's say, and you and you have and it's totally ducted in. Okay, it has ducts. It has a supply duct to the air handler, and it has a return duct from the air handler to a vent that's literally pulling air from that space below where you're standing up into this duct into the air handler. Spring, is that you?
0: Warmer temps mean new Albert Styles.
1: and then back out into the room okay now those ducts that go from that vent all the way to the air handler are ducts that were specifically fabricated for environmental air okay it's literally to take the air suck it in move it across the evaporator cool bring it back into the room circulating it into the room as part of the environmental air so that duct was specifically fabricated, whether I made it out of sheet metal, whether I per- you know, got the flex foam or the flex duct, whatever it is, if that's a closed system, then that's specifically fabricated and it's being used for environmental air. Now, what does the code say about this? Now, remember that typically you would not penetrate these unless there was something necessary for the air, the sensing of, or take a direct action of some kind of say a uh, a damper or something that's internal to it, unless there was some direct action or sensing of the air that's gonna be moving through this duct, then you don't go in it, You, you get me? You don't go in it, you don't penetrate it. But a lot of times you have smoke alarms Uh, Well, in this case, I guess they're smoke detectors because they're going to go to a monitoring system. So you have smoke detectors in there. Again, smoke alarms are typically what we see in a house, and they're not connected to a monitoring system. Smoke detectors are connected to a monitoring system, and that's what we would probably have inside of a duct system in a commercial building. So we have smoke detectors in there. We might have damper. We might have... um, Sensors, humidity sensors, I don't know. But if they're significant into the airflow or some component to the airflow, then obviously we have to be able to get wiring to them. Okay, we have to get some power to them. If they're not in that duct and you're not, then there's no need for anything to do with that air sensing, then no, you just don't penetrate a fabricated, specifically fabricated duct that's designed for environmental air. So, with that said, let's read what the code says because where you do have some kind of device or equipment that's in there that you have to get power to, we're going to give you some ways to do that. But the first rule, it should tell you, nope, you don't go in that bad mama-jama. You have no reason to be in it. You don't have no reason to penetrate it from an outside source. But if you do have a reason and it has something to do with the air that's moving through there or contained within, then we're going to give you some allowances. But let's read it. So 300.22b says, ducts specifically fabricated for environmental air. It says, equipment, devices, and the wiring methods specified in this section shall be permitted, okay? So it's a permissive statement, shall be permitted within such ducts only, that's an important word, only if necessary for the direct action upon or sensing of the, control, the contained air, whether it's dampers, vents, diverters, uh, sensors. Uh, smoke detectors, uh, humidity sensor. If it's tied to the system and it's a critical component for that system, then we we can put it in there and we're going to get some allowances for it. Any other reason? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay, then it goes on to say where the equipment or devices are installed and illumination is necessary to facilitate maintenance and repair Enclosed gas-type luminaires shall be permitted. So I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, wait a minute, Paul. You just talked about the duct. Who, you can't get in it, much less need to put any lighting in it. Well, I'll remind you that I've been asked as a consultant many, and before in the past. It's been quite a while. To look at a system that the actual fabricated environmental air duct system was so big that you actually could walk into it. It had doors that allowed you to get into it. So if that's the case, you'll have a lot of stuff inside of it that might be directly related to the air that's moving through it. Uh, And so obviously to get in there and work on those devices, you might need some type of illumination. And if that's the case, it's gotta be specific, okay? They have to be enclosed gas-type luminaires and they are permitted to be in there, okay? Uh, So you do have some provisions for it, uh, for the maintenance and where necessary uh, to be in there. But you really just follow the hierarchy of these rules, all right? Now, let's move into the wiring methods that allow to be in this, provided you meet all these caveats again, whether it needs to be there. And if it's obviously there, you can go in there. And, of course, if you require illumination for facil- facilitate maintenance or whatnot, then you're going to have to put something in there, okay, in order to be able to service it and maintain it. Uh, and if that's the case, then you've got some wiring methods you have to use. Now, the first here, it says... Only wiring methods consisting of type MI cable without an overall non-metallic covering. I'm um, be honest with you. I don't think I've ever seen MI cable with the uh, non-metallic covering on it. But anyway, um, I'm not installing MI. That's a way too much of a pain in the butt. But anyway, you got an option. You could do it. Uh, next, it says type MC cable employing a smooth or corrugated impervious metal sheath without an overall non-metallic covering. What does that mean? Well, again, I told you that we, they make three types of MC. They make a smooth, they make a corrugated, and then they make it interlocked. Well, so right here, I wouldn't be allowed to use interlocked. And I wouldn't be able to use any of these if you put PVC coating on it, like for use in a wet location. So that's out of the picture because you can't have any non-metallic covering on there um, or jacketing, if you will. However, it makes it easier for you to understand it. But I am allowed to do smooth and I am allowed to do corrugated in, in this application. Okay. So, and again, it's not giving me any length limitations on this. It's just saying, yes, if you need to get in there to do whatever it says you can do under B, then these are what you use. All right, so then I move on beyond that. It says that I could use electrical metallic tubing, EMT. Again, EMT is a tubing. It is not a conduit, but it is indeed a raceway. Um, Next, it says flexible metal tubing. That's FMT. Again, still flexible metal tubing. Uh, It says I can use intermediate metal conduit or rigid metal conduit. Again, without any overall non-metallic covering. Uh, Okay, and it goes on to finish that sentence. Um, shall be installed in ducts specifically fabricated to transport environmental air. So I've got some options here, all right? But you see no length limitation on those. However, once you get to flexible metal conduit, because that is also permitted to be used, now that isn't smooth and that isn't corrugated. That is more reminiscent of interlocked. But here's what they're going to allow you to do. It says, I'll let you use flexible metal conduit shall be permitted in lengths not exceeding four feet. Okay, Not exceeding four feet to connect physically adjustable equipment and devices permitted to be in those fabricated ducts. So I do have some caveats. I can use FMC. It is going to be permitted as long as it's not over four feet. And it allows me to be able to get connection to anything that's physically adjustable equipment. Maybe it's something in there you have to adjust or some device that has to adjust. So I'm going to give you some link here to let you use FMC, okay? It says, the connectors used with flexible metal conduit shall effectively close any openings in the connection, okay? So to me, that sounds like I need some type of sealing connector or whatever to effectively close any openings in that connection, okay? So that's my caveats, that's what I'm allowed to do, all right? Now, there is an exception to the rule, Now, this exception to the rule is basically a 2017 change that's going to actually lighten this up a little bit, okay? And here's what it does. I'll read you the exception. Now, you just showed you all the methods. I just talked about all the methods, right? Now, the exception is going to say, look wiring methods and cabling systems listed for use in other spaces used for environmental air plenums which i haven't discussed yet because that is item c okay that one it says shall be permitted to be installed in ducts specifically fabricated for environmental handling purposes under the following conditions oh so i'm getting an exception I'm going to be able to use some of the methods that are in other spaces used for environmental air, and I can tell you right now, interlocked MC is listed there in C1, which is the other wire methods used for those environmental, and I'll explain those, and you'll see how this all ties together in a minute. So, the exception says that. Now, what does it say? Following conditions. Number one, the wiring method or cabling system shall be permitted only, if necessary, to connect the equipment or devices associated with the direct action upon the or sensing of the contained air. Well, obviously that's required in the general rule anyway. So, okay, got you. And then it says the total length of such wire method or cabling system shall not exceed four feet. So it's very much, if they're gonna allow, here's the concept. If you're gonna allow FMC, which pretty much resembles MC, okay? uh, It's just a bigger, um, in that kind of scenario, there's some thicknesses differences in the actual steel or armor whatever's being used there's some thickness differences between that and mc but in reality it's pretty much the same as the fmc thing so i meet the first rule uh if the equipment's in there for a reason has to do with that air that's in there okay not just for any willy-nilly reason and then secondly the length doesn't exceed the total length doesn't exceed four feet okay well in that scenario then i can use one of the wiring methods that are in c which is 300.22C. Okay, so remember that. Only when you're dealing with penetration of a, of a specifically fabricated duct system used for environmental air. Now, that's the ducting system and sensors that might go in, and be involved in that air that moves through that ducted system. Now let's move over into C, which is other spaces used for environmental air. Now I'm going to read you this, and then I'm going to talk about it because we've already covered the ducts that you can't put anything in, we talked about the specifically fabricated ducts, which again, I gave an example of it's a closed air system. Now, uh, well, I say closed air. There's a return and a supply and that's pulling from the environment where you're standing, let's say, and it goes up through these grates in the ceiling. Uh, the easiest way to tell that, if you look up and you see ducted on both the supply and the return, then there's a great chance that you have a fabricated ducted system. And that's what we're talking about, penetrating those fabricated ducts specifically fabricated you can't do it unless you have to have some piece of equipment in there that has to do with the air that's being in there okay so now let's talk about difference than that we'll talk about C now 322C is other spaces used for environmental air and of course they're going to put plenum beside it because again we have to know what the terminology here is and that's where we get it from NFPA 90A which is the standard for the installation of air conditioning and ventilation systems so we understand what we're doing here, but let's kind of paint the picture because there's another informational note that kind of goes along with my example so that people can paint you a, a picture, a mental picture of what we're talking about. Now, I'm going to read it. It says, other spaces, again, I'm 322 c other spaces used for environmental air plenum. This section shall apply to spaces not specifically fabricated for environmental air sp- handling purposes, but used for air handling purposes as a plenum. This section shall not apply to habitable rooms or areas of buildings, the prime purpose of which is not air handling, okay? Uh, Again, if I have a suspended ceiling and let's just, okay, well, let me read you the informational note and then I'll do my example again. The informational note says, the space above, uh, the space over a hung ceiling used for environmental air purposes is an example of a type of other space in which this section applies. Okay, so that's the informational note. So let me paint you the picture. You're in a commercial building, you have a dropped or suspended ceiling, okay, the tiles, you know, two by four foot tiles usually, and you look above there, if I have an air handling up there and it has an opening on one end, and that opening has a filter, so it's literally pulling air from that cavity up there. Now usually, you'll have a return vent in the ceiling that when you look through it or shine a flashlight through it or, or whatever you're looking up through it, you can see above the ceiling. Okay, If you can see ceiling members or space above ceiling, then it literally it, but then you go over to the return and you look at the I mean, you go over and look at the supply side and you look at that vent and you see a ducted system going up, then what you have is the space above that environment, that, that space above the ceiling, where that air handler is, is sucking air from the habitable room up through that return vent up into that open space above the ceiling and it's sucking it into the return side of the air handler. It's going through the, the evaporator coil or the heaters and it's pumping it back down in the supply down through a ducted, specifically fabricated ducted system down into the actual room again. Okay, So the air that's above that suspended ceiling that's being sucked from the um, the, the habitable room below it all of that air that gets sucked up in there is all mixed together and so that turns that space above a suspended ceiling
0: every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at u.s border patrol protecting our borders is more than a job it's a calling agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe if you're ready for a new mission Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: As what we call an other space used as environmental air, and it's acting very much like a plenum. Okay, now this is where people usually say, "Well, if that's the case, Paul, all of the wiring that gets put up there has to be plenum rated." Well, that is one option you can put plenum rated products up there whether it's individual cables maybe low voltage cables or whatever but there are some wiring methods that are permitted to be up there and so we want to talk about that okay so let's move into c1 which is the wiring methods because there's a lot of wiring that gets put above a suspended ceiling and if that suspended ceiling is literally pulling the air from that space through a return in the room as well, then that is an environmental airspace. And so the wiring methods that are up there could, if they were non-metallic, for example, it could pull, if it was burning, it could pull some of that toxic uh, material, the, the cast off of that into the, or those products of combustion uh, could be pulled into the return and then spread back out through the building. So we don't want to do that. So there's some things that we're allowed. So let's Continue on and read. Now, there is an exception here to remind you. And this is one of the areas that people get confused. It says, exception. This section shall not apply to the joist or stud spaces of a dwelling unit where the wiring passes through such spaces perpendicular to the long dimension of such spaces. It's a common practice in a dwelling to use the actual cavity of a framed wall because you have studs on either side and you have that that cavity to actually have a return and suck air into that cavity and bring it up in and then continue it on to to the uh, actual air handling unit. Okay, Uh, it's very common. Now, if I have wiring going through it, like NMB, non-metallic sheath cable, as long as it's not running with, it's running perpendicular. Okay, that means it's running across the space and not along the long dimension of the space. Uh, then I'm only exposing a small amount of non-metallic material to that airflow. Okay? And so at the end of the day, that's okay for dwelling units. Okay, as long as you don't penetrate it and then try to run down the side of the stud or you know, and run all the way down it with the wiring, then you're gonna have a problem because you expose more surface area of that non-metallic material that if it melts down could spread toxic uh products of combustion, okay? So we don't want to do that. Now, so if you just run it from straight across and you happen to go from one stud straight through to the other stud and straight out, in a dwelling unit, it's acceptable, okay, to do that. So that's what that exception is dealing with. All right, so now let's talk back to what we were talking about, the environmental airspace, and this is usually the commercial side of this part of it, all right? It says, wiring methods, number one, it says the wiring methods... For such other spaces shall be limited okay, limited to totally enclosed, non-ventilated, insulated busways having no provision for plug-in connections. okay. That means it has to go straight through and no actual openings in that busway as it moves through. Okay. Next, it says type in our cable without an overall non-metallic covering. Okay, so... That can be above those suspended ceilings or any other space used for environmental air as long as it doesn't have non-metallic covering on it. Kind of the same concept we had over there in the uh, specifically fabricated ducts if it was in there for a need. Um, next, it says type MC cable without an overall non-metallic covering. Now, you notice here it doesn't say it has to be smooth or corrugated. So it could be any of those, uh, but most Usually what you're going to get is interlocked at this point. So when people ask me, can MC cable that is not specifically plenum rated specifically be above a suspended ceiling that is being used as an environmental airspace, uh, other space used for environmental air, uh, kind of a pseudo plenum, and the answer is 100% yes, because 322C1 says it can be, and it doesn't need anything but to meet the normal rules and requirements of UL-1569 for that MC cable. It doesn't require anything special for that. The next thing it says, type AC, uh, the next one is type AC cable, and typically AC cable is, is a dry location only product, so it has no provision to PVC jacket it for use in a wet. It is a dry only, so it's only going to be armor, so there's no need to mention anything about non-metallic because it's not available in that type of production. Uh, and that's UL-4 in case those want to go read all that. Uh, so I could have AC cable up there. It's perfectly fine. Um, And you typically don't get AC cable plenum rated anyway. So that just is another proof that it's not talking about having to be plenum rated for this application, all right? Now, it says, or other factory assembled multi-conductor power or control cable that is specifically listed for use within an air handling space. Okay, so now if I wanted to use TC cable, okay? then I could, again, you have certain rules of how you can use TC cable within a building, in a cable tray, in a raceway, and all these other rules, okay? But I have to use it, and it has to be evaluated. So typically when it says that it has to be evaluated or specifically listed for use in a hair handling space, that means that typically tray cable has a non-metallic covering on it. So that has to be evaluated. And once that gets evaluated, it will determine. And usually that's not going to be your normal PVC material. It's going to be something like CPE or something else that is evaluated. And it's going to have low smoke properties and all that. Once it gets evaluated for that, then you could could do that. Okay. Next thing it says, or listed prefabricated cable assemblies of metallic manufactured wiring systems without a non-metallic sheathing. So there are other manufactured um, that are prefabricated cable assemblies that are used in lighting systems all the time that are metal, uh, and they're called prefabricated cable assemblies. And they usually have a metallic covering on them. And, and, we, and they also cannot have any non-metallic sheathing on it, obviously. Okay. So that systems that's made specific for lighting systems that are designed to use with certain types of systems, that can be up there. It's prefabricated. Now, it also goes on to say, other types of cables, conductors, and raceways shall be permitted to be installed in electrical metallic tubing, flexible metal conduit, intermediate metal conduit, rigid metal conduit without any overall non-metallic covering, flexible metal conduit, or or accessible surface metal raceway and metal wire metal, metal wireways with metallic covers. Okay, why is this important? Because there are still individuals that think that just because I put an EMT up there, or just because I cut a rigid, if I'm in that space, then something about the conductors inside of the raceway have to be something special. Absolutely not. THHN, THWN-2 can be in there. XHHW-2 can be in there. There's no special need for any rating on the wire that's inside of one of these wiring methods that are inside why there's no different need for an mc cable to have anything other than the traditional conductors that are used within it okay so there's a misconception for that as well all right so just wanted to make sure we we clear that myth Uh, lastly it's also something that speaks to the cable ties it says non-metallic cable ties and other non-metallic cable accessories used to secure and support cables shall be listed as having low smoke and high release properties. So that means you can't just use your regular cable ties, you have to make sure that they actually are designed and listed for having low smoke and heat related properties. Now one or two Probably not going to be a problem. I'm just saying in the scheme of these properties of, of spread, uh, things like that. But you know what? We don't use just one or two in these things. And I'm not condoning one or two being okay because this says they all have to meet the listed as having low smoke and heat release properties. I'm just saying it's the to- totalness of all of them that you might end up putting in there. And cumulatively in a fire, that could spread. And remember, it's sucking that material into the end of the air handler because it is using that entire space as like a plenum. So that's why we have this high level of, of worry when it comes to these spaces. Okay? Alright. So next let's move on. so now we talked about the tray cables earlier that could be in there as long as it's been evaluated for air handling spaces. Now let's talk about a cable tray system and how that applies for this space. Now the code says what if i want to put a cable tray and that gets done all the time by the way a cable system cable tray system put above that suspended ceiling that is actually being used as environmental air remember it's pulling in air Uh, easiest way to remember if the system has ducts on the supply and return all the way down to the room that's a fabricated duct system If it's actually got a a filter on the end of the air handler and it's sucking air from that space above, then that is a other space used for environmental air. And anything that goes up in there has to meet the rules here in C1, okay? So now we're talking about, what if I want to install a cable tray system up there to put any type of cables in it or whatnot into it? Well, now we're getting into that. So here's what it says in C2. So we're talking cable tray systems here. It says... The provisions in A or B shall apply to the use of metallic cable tray systems. Again, metallic cable tray systems in other spaces used for environmental air plenums where accessible as follows. Okay, so let's look. So we have an A and a B. All right, so what does A say? Okay, well, A says if you have a metal cable tray system, it says metal cable tray systems shall be permitted to support the wiring methods in 300.22 C1. So that list we just had, all those wiring methods that are in there, can I place those in a metal cable tray systems? Absolutely, absolutely. So that's already permitted. Next it says B. It says solid bottom and bottom metal cable tray systems. Okay, so that we've got the normal requirement for a metal cable tray system. And now we have it. What if it's a solid side and bottom metal cable tray? Okay, It says, solid side and bottom metal cable tray systems with a solid metal cover shall be permitted to enclose wiring methods and cables not already covered in 322C1 in accordance with 392.10A and B what exactly does that mean well remember if it's solid on the bottom it's solid on the sides and it has a cover on it then again a cable tray is not a raceway it's a supporting system but over in 395 for cable trays, you have allowance in 392.10 uses permitted that tells you the wiring methods and it gives you a list of those in a table called table 392.10a gives you a good long list Then, of course, if it's an industrial environment, it also gives you the methods that you can also use single conductor cables uh, and things like that. Single conductors for equipment, ground, it gives you some other allowances. So you have wiring methods that are in a table and then you have an industrial establishment, which is B, gives you other types that are allowed to be there. Incidentally, a single conductor cable, and I really don't want to start a controversy So I probably shouldn't go here, but there's a reason they call it single conductor cable. And there's a reason if you go down to 392.10 B1C, you notice it says single conductors use as an equipment ground. Did you know there's a difference between single conductor cable and the single conductors? Many people have been using this rule incorrectly for years. And I'm going to let you hang on that because I might get in trouble if I explain the difference between single conductor cables and single conductors, let me give you an example. God, I shouldn't do this. THHN and THWN, I know many people disagree with this, but think about this for a second. THHN, THWN is a single conductor. XHHW 2 is a single conductor. If I take a single conductor and I extrude a covering on it, then it becomes a single conductor cable, okay? So if I take an XHHW-2, which is a pure extrusion of cross-link polyethylene, and I extrude over it a covering of PVC, I have created a single conductor cable. Now, nobody out there that I'm aware of goes that deep. And most people will let you just use THHN, THWN-2, XHHW-2, RHH, RHW-2, whatever they want in an industrial establishment if you meet the provisions of 392.10b and they let you do it every day of the week and you know what i'm okay with that i think that it's crazy that it defines single conductor cable and then talks about single conductors nowhere in the code do we define what a single conductor cable is versus what's considered a single conductor and it does cause confusion in article 392 uh, because we do make products out there that are called single conductor cables And then we make single conductors. There's also an understanding out there that when you do USE, that that is classified as a cable, even though it can be construed as a single conductor, it can get muddy. I'm I'm not doing this to cause confusion, folks. I'm just saying that's things for you to think about. And I'm not here to solve the debate back and forth. I just wanted to bring that up. I'm just going to leave it at that. If your mind starts thinking now, send me an email and we can discuss the topic. Anyway, let's go back. So this is going to allow you to use other types of wiring methods that are not listed in C1 inside of a solid side and bottom metal cable tray system uh, inside of this other space used for environmental air, okay? So that's what allows you to pass through and maybe put individual conductors in there, uh, individual single conductor cables in there. Uh, or it might let you be able to put any other type of cable assembly that's not listed in C1 but is listed over in the table in 392.10A you see what I'm saying so that's allowing you to do that so you've got a list and then if you got one of these unique types of cable tray systems which is solid sides and solid bottom and a cover on it then we're going to let you put other types of cables in there Okay? so that's what it's doing All right? so it's giving you some, some allowances there man Relax, it's all good. All right, so let's move on, we'll look at three. Now three is talking about equipment. And when we say equipment, we're talking about equipment that's located in other spaces used for environmental air. So we gotta move through, we gotta get to equipment, okay? All right, so this is about the equipment that's gonna be up there. There's a lot of electrical equipment, okay? This says, electrical equipment. Now, if you're following along, because it is a podcast, and I, you know, it's hard sometimes to follow me, I, I talk really quick. I already know this. My wife reminds me of it all the time. Yes, I'm from Virginia. You would think that I'd have a slow draw from the Blue Ridge Mountains, but I don't. So, But you can obviously tell I'm from Virginia, um, even though I'm in Texas now. I don't think I ever become a Texan, man, until I can talk like this. Anyway, so, but I love Texas. All right, so... <laughs> So equipment that's above this space, okay? Keeping the same mentality now. We're talking about that space above a suspended ceiling that's pulling air from the actual space. We're not talking about specifically fabricated ducts on the return and supply. It's sucking it from open vents, return from the room up into the space. Now I'm gonna put electrical equipment up there. The code says electrical equipment with a metal enclosure, and usually that is, so we're okay there, or electrical equipment with a non-metallic enclosure listed for use with air handling space. And you know what? If it is non metallic and it's designed specifically to work with a piece of the air handling or HVAC equipment, there's a good chance the manufacturers had it evaluated for that. And in order to meet that, one of the rules that you would meet is the ANSI UL 2043, uh, which talks about fire test for heat, invisible smoke release. Uh, for discrete products and their accessories installed in air handling spaces okay if you happen to own one of those and it really talks about the difference of a maximum peak a maximum peak optical density of 0.5 or less and an average optical density of 0.15 or less and a peak heat release rate of 100 kW or less when tested in accordance with in that that specific standard so If a manufacturer wants to put this out, it has associated equipment that goes with their air handling equipment, and it's non-metallic, it's got to be tested here, and it's got to be low smoke, heat release, low smoke and heat release properties uh, for that equipment. And it's got some parameters it's got to meet and all that goody-goody stuff, okay? So let's say you meet all that. There are other spaces, there are other prohibited elsewhere in the code applications where you can't have certain stuff above that area. And if the code tells you you can't, you can't. But this is talking about specific equipment okay, and things like that. Uh, there are other areas where, you know, for example, cords are not to be above a suspended ceiling or, or if that's the case, it's above a other space used for environmental air. There I mean, the other areas in the code that might prohibit some application, But typically, the equipment that's going to go up there would need to be metal, a metal equipment with metal enclosures, Uh, They don't care about the non-metallic internal portions, I guess. It's just the enclosure itself. Um, So, uh, or if it is non-metallic, then it's got to be listed for use within air handling space. And it has to have low smoke and heat release properties. Okay? Uh, And any associated material with it's got to be also evaluated for that. All right, so that's what that is. Uh, Most of the time it's going to be metal equipment and, you know, that's fine. And usually it's associated and, and everything is okay to it. Uh, metal boxes and all that kind of stuff is not an issue. Um, There is also an exception to this one. It says integral fan systems shall be permitted or specifically identified for use within an air handling space. So if the system has an integral fan system or maybe it's a fan system that's designed to use with the air handling space uh, and it's specifically identified for use in that air handling space, then I don't have to have any other subsequent testing Uh, like you would on other electrical equipment that's up there. Okay. That's exception for that application. All right. So boom, boom, boom. We covered that for C. So now we're going to end up on D. What does D? Information technology equipment. Ah, okay. So we all know which article in the code gives us a lot of information on information technology. And that's article 465. Okay. And I have a lot of stuff I can say about that, whether or not I have a, an IT room that has an open floor and it's simply pulling, it's for ventilation only and it's not for environmental air. Uh, and then I can tell you what can be below it or what can be, Oh, that's going that to be a whole another topic. And maybe if somebody wants that, they send me an email and tell me, Paul, can you do something on IT rooms and that type of thing at 645? I'll be more than happy to do it. Um, so If it does pull air and it's part of the environmental air and not just part of the cooling, but but actually part of environmental air, then we have some rules that have to be met because it is possibly going to spread the fire or products of combustion. So we've got rules in uh, 645 and remember something. Remember the general rules here where chapters one through four apply broadly throughout the code and obviously we're in chapter three. But then there's rules in chapters five, six and seven They can supplement or even modify any of the rules that we received in chapters one through seven. So it can so something in 645 possibly could modify some of the rules here, and you got to be aware of that. Okay, that's just that just takes you back to the old basic rules that we all have to remember. Okay, back in Article 90. All right, so let's finish it up. So what does it say about information technology equipment, which can have um, a environmental airspace that's being used, an open space, other space for that. Okay, It says, electrical wiring in air handling spaces beneath raised floors. That's if it's for environmental air. Remember that. That's only if that space is being used for environmental air. If it's being used as ventilation simply for the equipment in the room and it's not part of environmental air, then you've got to be careful of that because then these rules don't kick in. All right. Anyway, it says, equipment wiring in air handling spaces. Areas beneath raised floors for information technology equipment shall be permitted in accordance with Article Six Forty Five. Okay, all right. So again, all of these rules here uh, that you had that we just discussed for our, for our air handling areas uh, beneath raised floor, uh, you'll get some guidance in Six Forty Five. But you have all the wiring methods that are permitted here. Okay, so. That's, uh, again, things to think about and how it's being used. Uh, and we're not going to do 645 today. I'm just kind of giving you the, the overview of everything, okay? So that's kind of a an overview of 300.22. That was A, B, C, and D. And I gave you some insight into how this works. Uh, and I just reminded you at the 645 for information technology, if the space below the floor is not being used for air handling purposes, but only for, for ventilation for the room equipment, then it might not be subject to the same rules that we have here for the type of wiring methods that go in here. you got to look at 645. Another thing to remember is if I have two rooms, okay, two separate rooms, IT rooms, that are conjoined and the ventilation system or the air system conjoins these two rooms... Then chances are it is going to be for air handling purposes and not for ventilating of that specific room to that specific type of equipment that's in that room. So, again, if it penetrates and goes into multiple spaces, uh, then you pretty much want to remember what kicks in, and that is probably being used at air handling. Uh, And so, just be aware of those things when you're looking in here. The general rules for those spaces, uh, and, and then And that's probably going to be other spaces used for environmental air, So keep that in mind, all the wiring methods that are listed here. But then you might have some rules that are going to kick in in 645 that you have to be aware of, okay? Anyway, that's all I'm going to cover. I went longer than I thought I would go on this topic. Hopefully, you got something out of it. Um, And uh, if you have any questions, as always, you can email us at info, I-N-F-O, at master the N-E-C, or info at electricalcodeacademy.com. Uh, As I move forward, I'm probably going to move away more from the master of the NEC and start talking about what our academy is because Electrical Code Academy Inc. is growing and we have so many courses. In fact, we have a four-year curriculum course out uh, that covers residential, commercial, industrial, and uh, exam prep. Uh, and grounding and bonding. Uh, We have that. So that is available. Uh, We are working on what we have to do to get uh, accredited for that in a sense that anybody can accredit anything. Uh, But we'd like to get some pre-licensing stuff. So no, that's not available now. Um, But uh, in the future, hopefully we're going to move that direction as we solidify this academy as an official uh, academy. Um, And so... Um, but all the courses are available. I encourage you to, 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 to take them. Um, and I do have a coupon code out right now that's available on all of the products on Master DNEC That gives you 25% off. That is podcast25, all lowercase, podcast25. And that'll get 25% off everything. Okay, even our newsletter, even though I can't believe I did that. But yes, you can get it off the newsletter as well. So all of that's on our website at masterthenec.com or electricalcodeacademy.com. Of course, those are also available in the .net and .org as well. So you can go to either one, any of those you want. Um, I thank you for sharing these podcasts with everybody. I thank you for sharing our graphics. Uh, if you're not connected to me on LinkedIn, please go to LinkedIn. You need to have a business account, no matter who you are. Okay, get your own account and then search for me, Paul Abernathy. You know what I look like. So connect up with me, and I'll, if you're in the electrical industry, I'll connect with you. If you're not in the electrical industry, I'll just ignore you and I won't connect with you. I only want to deal with electrical people. Um, so, and I don't want recruiters. Don't be. I don't need no recruiters joining us. Thinking I'm gonna connect with you because I ain't. Um, and if you haven't been to our Facebook page, go to Facebook and search for Master of the NEC. If you want our generic Facebook page, if you want to find the one that's exam prep because you're studying for an exam then go to Facebook and search for Master the NEC Exam Prep and submit to me uh, to become a member. And there's a question you have to answer. Make sure you answer that question honestly uh, because if you don't answer it honestly and I know who you are, then I'm not going to let you in. Um, But if you're really there to learn about, to prepare for an exam, then go there uh, and that's what you can be a member of. Share these podcasts Share these videos. Visit our YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com forward slash master the NEC. Um, Share it out there. Help us grow. I appreciate all of you. Um, Again, for another month, I just got the analytics out for August. Over 300,000 unique listeners again to all of our podcasts. Uh, That's awesome. Um, I don't know where they're all coming from, and I don't know why they're not all subscribing because I would love to see those numbers. Uh, But we track by unique listen. And uh, we're on. I think it right now. It's like maybe ten or maybe more than that. Different syndicated platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Radio, Alexa. There's an app for it. Uh, God, what else? Uh, FM. There's, jeez, there are so many of them out there uh, that you can listen to these podcasts from. You can Spreaker. You can go listen right from our website, Spreaker. Uh, however, you want to listen. Anyway, we appreciate you. Thank you. God bless. Till next time. Stay safe, folks. Every day,
0: the future's getting closer. Every day, the future's looking bright.